Welcome to this time of prayer and reflection on Sunday the 20th of September 2020, the 15th Sunday after Trinity. Let us pray. Spirit of the living God, at the beginning you moved over the face of the waters. You brought life into being, the teeming life that finds its way through earth and sea and air, that makes its home around us everywhere. You know how living things flourish and grow, how they coexist, how they feed and breed and change. Help us to understand those delicate relationships, value them, and keep them from destruction. Amen. And so as we reflect on God's work in creation, we listen now to the hymn, How Great Thou Art.
shall fill my heart, then shall I bow in a humble adoration, and there proclaim, my God, how great Thou art. Then sings my soul, my Saviour God, to Thee, how great Thou art, how great Thou art. Then sings my soul, my Saviour God, to reading from Philippians chapter 1 verses 21 to 30. For to me, writes Paul, living is Christ and dying is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labour for me, and I do not know which I prefer. I am hard pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better, but to remain in the flesh is more necessary for you. Since I am convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with all of you for your progress and joy in faith, so that I may share abundantly in your boasting in Christ Jesus when I come to you again. Only live your life in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent and hear about you, I will know that you are standing firm in one spirit, striving side by side with one mind for the faith of the gospel, and are in no way intimidated by your opponents. For them this is evidence of their destruction, but of your salvation. And this is God's doing, for he has graciously granted you the privilege not only of believing in Christ, but of suffering for him as well. Since you are having the same struggle that you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. And now some words of the psalmist from Psalm 145. I will exalt you, O God, my King, and bless your name for ever and ever. Every day will I bless you and praise your name for ever and ever. Great is the Lord and highly to be praised. His greatness is beyond all searching out. One generation shall praise your works to another and declare your mighty acts. They shall speak of the majesty of your glory and I will tell of all your wonderful deeds. They shall speak of the might of your marvellous acts and I will also tell of your greatness. They shall pour forth the story of your abundant kindness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and merciful, long-suffering and of great goodness. Amen. And a Gospel reading from Matthew chapter 20 verses 1 to 16. Jesus said, for the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went about early in the morning to hire labourers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the labourers for the usual daily wage, he sent them into his vineyard. When he went out about nine o'clock, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace, and he said to them, 
You also go out into the vineyard, and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. When he went out again about noon, and about three o'clock he did the same. And about five o'clock he went out, and found others standing around. And he said to them, Why are you standing here idle all day? They said to him, Because no one has hired us. He said to them, You also go into the vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his manager, Call the labourers and give them their pay, beginning with the last, and then going to the first. When those hired about five o'clock came, each of them received the usual daily wage. Now when the first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received the usual daily wage. And when they received it, they grumbled against the landowner, saying, These last worked only one hour, and you've made them equal to us, who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last the same as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Good news, the least deserving get the best reward. A talk for the 15th Sunday after Trinity. You will have noticed that God tends not to play by our rules. God does not follow our moral logic. And Jesus tells his parables to open our minds to the nature of God, to set us thinking about how God's morals might play out in our everyday world. Look at this parable the one where the hired labourers who'd worked an hour were paid the same as those who'd worked all day. Lots of people would find this scandalous. Trade unionists who would righteously advocate for workers being paid a fair wage, and business people who'd decry the vineyard owner wasting so much money on his extravagant gesture towards the latecomers. But all that would be to miss the point. When the all-day workers complain that they've only been rewarded the same as those who worked just an hour, surely Jesus isn't teaching us that it is acceptable to insist on the letter of the contract rather than acting in its spirit. Rather, isn't Jesus using this parable to describe the radical graciousness of God's grace, the outrageousness of the divine love? a love that surpasses human understanding at every level. So God moves our ethical expectations into totally new territory. It's challenging to accept that God's morality is not the same as ours, or more precisely that we understand the divine morality only very imperfectly. By this parable, Jesus communicates the outrageousness of our Father's love for us. He reveals the gracious nature of God, rather than endorsing our limited human sense of justice. By this parable, Jesus invites us to embrace God's grace and to find ways to share that grace in our lives and work. 
The parable of the labourers in the vineyard reminds us that our morality is based on a strict law of exchange, a system of quid pro quo, of equal actions and reactions, deeply attached to the idea of equality or fairness. Have you noticed how in our society we regard some people as deserving of reward and others as undeserving? How we resent those who rise above or go ahead of the rest of the group and may protest against them or plot their downfall. Jesus is showing how God is not driven by this law of exchange, but rather by the generosity of grace. With God, it's not about rewarding the deserving and sanctioning the undeserving. With God, it's about freely and justly giving to all. Are you envious because I am generous. The vineyard owner's question forces me to ask myself, does other people's good fortune make me unhappy? Do I resent it when those who I don't think deserve it get rewarded, where those I think are unworthy are blessed and graced by God, rather than only really wanting some people to relatively gain, that is, me and people like me, how powerful would it be if I chose to live by God's economy, where there is absolute gain for all? Jesus taught the first will be last and the last will be first. And time and time again, he showed it by his acts of generosity towards the most despised, rejected people, lepers, beggars, tax cheats, prostitutes. Notice how his generosity came at the expense of the better off people around him, those who he persuaded to open up their homes to provide meals for the all and sundry guests who he invited. But it wasn't really at their expense. Yes, it cost them money, but they didn't lose by it. For these meals were astonishing occasions where the respectable and the frowned upon broke bread together, where the beggars poured wine for the magistrates and the conversations between them flowed and everyone was a winner. You can imagine how each of them found their views of the world expanding richly as they opened up to the stories they heard and shared together as they embraced each other's lives. Now, we live in a society which judges some people as being undeserving. These homeless ones, they must have brought it on themselves. Why should we house them? These unemployed, how much tax have they paid and do they deserve to benefit? But we must reflect on these things in the knowledge of this week's news reports that if coronavirus job and income support schemes are wound down this autumn as planned, then twice as many people will become destitute by Christmas, in other words, unable to meet their basic needs for food, shelter or clothing. What does this say to us? We who seek to walk with Jesus and follow his teaching, what might it provoke us to do in response? Are you envious because he is generous? Or are you inspired by the thought that there is room at his table for us all.
So let us spend some time in reflection and prayer. Are you envious because he is generous or are you inspired by the thought that there is room at his table for us all? Let us give some thought to those who we know will struggle for employment this winter, those who are right now or will be daily challenged to find shelter and to put food on their table. Let us reflect on our response to their situation in our hearts and any practical ways in which we might, with the help of God, be able to respond with grace to them. Jesus, who raised the dead to life, help us to find ways to renew what we have broken, damaged and destroyed in nature and in human relationships. Help all those who are working to find solutions to damage and decay. Strengthen those who peaceably strive for positive change. Bless those who use their gifts of imagination to enable worship and service to flourish. Give hope to those dedicated to cultivate a hopeful future. Amen. In our prayers today, uh, we particularly pray for the work of the Trussell Trust, who are um, coordinating the work of food banks around the UK, whose client numbers are have increased enormously through lockdown and continue to, and who anticipate a great rise again in numbers at the end of a furlough scheme and other support schemes currently in place, who are campaigning for changes in government legislation so that safety net for the most vulnerable will continue in place. This is the beginning of Recycle Week and as we think of the small things that we can do to try to protect the life of our planet and everything that lives on it, we ask for God's help and inspiration to do those things in our daily lives. With the Worldwide Anglican Church today, we pray for the province of the Episcopal Church of South Sudan and their Archbishop Justin Badi Arama and all God's people there. We pray for those who are in ill health, amongst them Joan Robson, Jane Lodge, Peter Reed. Ian Woodburn, Diana Davis, others who are known to us, and those caring for them. We remember those who have died, 
Barry Carter and others on our hearts today. Those who miss them and mourn them. That we may know the comforts and help of God and hope of our resurrection to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. God, who in generous mercy sent the Holy Spirit upon your church in the burning fire of your love, grant that your people may be fervent in the fellowship of the gospel, that, always abiding in you, they may be found steadfast in faith and active in service, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. with a blessing. May God who established the dance of creation, who marvelled at the lilies of the field, who transforms chaos to order, lead us to transform our lives and the church to reflect God's glory in creation. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be amongst us and remain with us always. Amen.